This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Tuesday, February 20th, 2024, I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Waylon Smith. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, the Vatican's problematic process to address clergy sex, sex abuse charge, charges explained. Excuse me. All in your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Reagan Clagg will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Westfall will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a sunny 57 degrees. And now on to our top story. The United States has vetoed an Arab-backed and widely supported UN resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. The vote yesterday in the 10, excuse me, 15-member Security Council was 13 to 1 with the United Kingdom abstaining. The votes reflect the wide global support for ending the more than four-month war, which started when Hamas militants invaded southern Israel, killing about 1,200 people and taking 250 others hostages. Since then, more than 29,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israel's military offensive, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. It was the third U.S. veto of a Security Council resolution demanding a ceasefire. Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels are launching attacks despite a month of U.S.-led airstrikes. This week, they seriously damaged a ship in a strategically important strait and apparently downed an American drone worth billions of dollars. Their assaults on shipping through the crucial Red Sea corridor amid Israel's war on Hamas in Gaza underscored the challenges in trying to stop their guerrilla-style attacks. Analysts warn that the longer their attacks go on, the greater the risk to the global economy. Meanwhile, the U.S.-led campaign has boosted the rebels' standing in the Arab world. Despite their human rights abuses in a longer, stalemated conflict with U.S. allies. As President Joe Biden pushes House Republicans to pass needed aid for Ukraine, he wants voters to understand that nearly two thirds would actually be going to U.S. factories, like a munitions plant set to open this summer in a gleaming new industrial park in suburban Dallas. Administration officials combed through the foreign aid in the $95 billion bipartisan supplemental funding bill passed by the Senate. Of the $61 billion for Ukraine, nearly $40 billion would go to the U.S. factories that make missiles, munitions, and other gear. House Speaker Mike Johnson refuses to put the bill up for vote in the House. Five years ago this week, Pope Francis convened an unprecedented summit of bishops from around the world to impress on them that clergy abuse was a global problem and that they needed to do something about it. Yet five years later, the system has proven to be incapable of dealing with the problem. In fact, victims, outside investigators, and even in-house canon lawyers increasingly say the church's response is downright damaging to the very people already harmed, the victims. They are often re-traumatized when they summon the courage to report their abuse through the church's silence, stonewalling, and inaction. South Africa has argued that the United Nations top court that Israel is responsible for apartheid against the Palestinians and that Israel's occupation of land sought for a Palestinian state is, quote, inherently and fundamentally illegal, unquote. Israel rejects such claims. 
The South African representatives were speaking today, the second day of hearings at the International Court of Justice, based on a request by the General Assembly for non-binding advisory opinions on the legality of Israel's policy and the occupied territories. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a statement yesterday that Israel does not recognize the legitimacy of the discussions at the World Court. Coming up, early voting in Ohio's March 19th primary begins tomorrow and registration closes today. That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Do Mondays have you fill in the blues? Don't worry. WMULFM has got you covered. We've got all your favorite rhythm and blues artists covering every style, from the Mississippi Delta to that unique Chicago sound. When you're feeling blue, we are too. Catch the blues with us every Monday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Right here on 88.1 WMUL-FM, The Cutting Edge. Aw, the radio won't work. You should worry less about that radio and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. It played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But, Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. <gasps> we can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. Oh, that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working. 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willan Smith. Federal regulators have found that safety fires at a West Virginia underground coal mine caused the death of a miner last year. A Mine Safety and Health Administration report re- released last week said 39-year-old Christopher Finley drowned in August while installing a discharge water line at Twin State Mining Incorporated's mine number 39 in McDowell County. The Charleston Gazette Mail reports that the agency said Finley drowned because Twin State Mining didn't comply with an approved ventilation plan to prevent accumulations of water that would affect safe travel. Mine controller Cleveland Cliffs did not respond to the newspaper's request for comment. The Supreme Court has rejected appeals from three Republican U.S. House members who challenged fines for not wearing face coverings on the House floor in 2021. The justices did not comment yesterday in leaving in place the $500 fines issued in May of 2021 to U.S. Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina. The mask requirement was part of the House's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, and the mandate remained in place even after the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued guidance noting that, quote, fully vaccinated people can resume activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing, unquote. 
Two universities wanting new roles to help overcome rural shortages of doctors and veterinarians have won support from the Kentucky House. The House passed separate bills today that would allow Murray State University to create a school of veterinary medicine and Eastern Kentucky University to offer degrees in osteopathic medicine. The authorization bills now head to the Senate. Another key issue is to be resolved is whether the proposed programs will receive the funding needed to get established. That could be decided next month when lawmakers hash out the final details of the state's next two-year budget. Some county election boards in Ohio are remaining open late today and the final day to register for the March 19th primary. Early voting begins tomorrow and people in Ohio are choosing party nominees for president, U.S. Senate, Ohio Supreme Court, and other races. The highest profile state contest is a three-way Republican primary for three-term Democratic U.S. Senator Sharon Brown's seat. Trump-endorsed Cleveland businessman Bernie Marino faces Secretary of State Franklin Rose and Senator Matt Dolan. Five presidential contenders will be listed on the ballots, though only former President Donald Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley remain in the race. Authorities say no charges will be filed in the shooting deaths of a man and a woman in a gun battle with Ohio State troopers following a police pursuit and kidnapping last summer. The Montgomery County Prosecutor's Office said Friday that a grand jury reviewed the August 2nd shooting of 54-year-old Rodney Hellman and 51-year-old Elaine Hellman and concluded that, quote, the troopers acted lawfully under the circumstances, unquote. Authorities said the two fled an early morning traffic stop in London, Ohio, and later fled in a tractor-trailer cab, kidnapping the driver. After a off in Vandalia, authorities said Rodney Hellman fired and three troopers returned fire. Both subs- excuse me, both suspects were killed. Coming up next, a shaken Minnesota community gets answers on the killing of two officers and one firefighter. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword doesn't have a name. It is WMUL, the cutting edge. You've supported her through every accomplishment in her life. Cross, Paul, I tied my shoes. While your ultimate goal is to teach her to stand on her own. Let go, let go. I can do it. There are things she just can't do without your support. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them turn the hardest thing they've ever done into their greatest accomplishment. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Waylon Smith. 
The White House says it is preparing additional major sanctions on Russia in response to opposition leader Alexei Navalny's death last week in in an Arctic colony. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the new package would be unveiled this Friday. He declined to detail the new actions, citing U.S. government policy or share how they would expand on the already stiff sanctions the U.S. and its allies have put on Russia in retaliation for its invasion of Ukraine. Kirby said only that the sanctions, which will coincide with the two-year anniversary of Russia's invasion, will be, quote, specifically supplemented with additional sanctions regarding Mr. Navalny's death, unquote. The Alabama Supreme Court has ruled that frozen embryos created during fertility treatments should be considered children under state law. Justices issued the ruling Friday in a pair of wrongful death cases brought by couples who had frozen embryos destroyed in an accident at a fertility clinic. Justices said an 1872 law allowing parents to sue over the death of a minor child, quote, applies to all unborn children regardless of their location, unquote. The ruling brought a rush of warnings from groups and advocates who said it would have a sweeping implication for fertility treatments in the state. The White House continues to warn Israel against expanding its offensive into Rafah, the southernmost city in the Gaza Strip. National Security spokesman John Kirby said today that if Israel's military doesn't properly account for the safety of Palestinian refugees there, quote, an operation in Rafah would be a disaster, unquote. More than half of the territory's 2.3 million people have sought refuge in Rafah, many crowding into sprawling tent camps and overflowing U.N. shelters near the Egyptian border. A top Hamas political leader was there today at the U.S., Egypt, in Qatar trying to meditate another ceasefire, but there were no expectations of a breakthrough. It started out as a 911 call about a domestic incident in a Minneapolis suburb. It ended with two police officers, a firefighter, and the suspect dead and a third officer wounded. A medical examiner says officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Rogue and firefighter Adam Finseth died of gunshot wounds at a Minneapolis excuse me, Minneapolis Hospital Sunday morning. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension named the man who killed them as Shannon Good. Gooden. Excuse me. A medical examiner said yesterday that Gooden shot himself in the head. Court records show that Gooden wasn't legally allowed to have guns and had been entangled in a years-long dispute over the custody and financial support of his three oldest children. Stocks are off to a weak start at the beginning of a holiday-shortened week. The S&P 500 is down 0.6% today. The benchmark index is coming off only its second losing week in the last 16. Losses in technology stocks were weighing on the market, that which helped pull the Nasdaq com- composite down 1.1%. The Dow fell 38 points or one point excuse me, or 0.1%, Walmart rose 3.5%. After reporting stronger-than-expected results for its latest quarter and issuing sales forecasts that came in ahead of what Wall Street was expecting, investors have a relatively light week of economic updates ahead, though several big companies will report earnings. Coming up next, Biden heads to California to rev up his fundraising in anticipation of a costly rematch with Donald Trump. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready, his heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. 
Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. <laughs> My dastardly plans to pollute the airwaves with Nickelback is almost to rotten fruition. We must let our powers combine. Jazz. Avant winning news in sports. Rock and roll. Flashback. Ska. With your powers combined, I am WMUL. Oh no! WMUL's award-winning radio programming is kicking my... 88.1 WMUL. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Willen Smith. According to Russian Gap excuse me, Capital has ruled to keep Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershowitz in custody pending his trial on espionage charges that he denies. The Moscow City Court rejected an appeal against Gershowitz's detention filed by his lawyers, upholding a ruling to keep him behind bars until the end of March. The order means that Gershowitz will spend at least a year behind bars in Russia after his arrest in March 2023. Speaking in an interview with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson earlier this month, Russian President Vladimir Putin said Russia is ready to negotiate a deal to Exchange Gershowitz. Nikki Haley's allies are bracing for a big loss in her home state's primary election in South Carolina on Saturday, and there are no primary wins on the horizon in other states either. Haley tells the Associated Press that she will not leave the Republican primary election regardless of Saturday's results, and she vowed to stay in the fight against Donald Trump at least until after Super Tuesday's slate of 16 contests on March 5th. Haley later told supporters in speech in a speech outlining her rationale for staying in that, quote, South Carolina will vote on Saturday, but on Sunday I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere, unquote. The Supreme Court has left in place the admissions policy at an elite public school in Virginia, despite claims that it discriminates against highly qualified Asian Americans. The federal appeals court in Richmond had upheld the revamped admissions policy at the Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, frequently cited among the best in the nation. Justices Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas dissented from the order today, rejecting an appeal from parents. The appeals court essentially ruled that, quote, intentional racial discrimination is constitutional so long as it is not too severe, unquote. The high court's action followed its June decision striking down admissions policies at colleges and universities that took account of race. President Joe Biden is California-bound as he looks to soak up more cash for his re-election bid with a three-day swing through the state. Biden first heads to Los Angeles today where he will take part in a fundraiser as he tries to fortify his campaign war chest excuse me, for what is likely to be a costly rematch with former President Donald Trump and the Republican frontrunner. Biden's campaign and the Democratic National Committee says they collected $42 million in contributions during January from 422,000 donors. Biden ended January with $130 million cash in hand. Wisconsin's Democratic Governor Tony Evers has signed new legislative district maps into law that he proposed and that the Republicans who control the legislature passed to avoid having the liberal-leaning state Supreme Court draw the lines. Democrats are hailing it as a major political victory in the swing state, where the legislature has been firmly under Republican control for more than a decade, even as Democrats have won 14 of the past 17 statewide elections. Democrats are almost certain to gain seats in the state assembly and state senate under the new maps, which will be in place for the November election. And coming up, Reagan Clagg will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Westfall will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us.
we all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. Touchdown, Thundering Herd! Want to know the time of our next sports broadcast? Go to our website at www.marshall.edu slash WMUL and find the entire sports schedule on the front page. You can even go one step further and listen to the game live right off our website. www.marshall.edu slash WMUL. Yet another reason why we're the worldwide leader of Marshall sports coverage. WMUL 88.1. I just wanted to eat like a normal human being, you know? Just something I could hold down without the horrible pain. Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are diseases that attack the digestive system. A feeding tube's not my idea of a good meal. At the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, we're excited about the latest research. Then there was this new drug. Thousands of people are being treated with new drug therapies. Doc said it doesn't work for everyone, but I got lucky. To help, visit ccfa.org. Now I'm taking food the old-fashioned way. I'm eating it. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Reagan Clagg, and it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It's been bright, sunny, and warm on campus today, but temperatures will drop tonight with a high of 58 degrees and a low of 29 degrees. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and warm with a high of 63 degrees and a low of 46 degrees. For your Thursday, morning showers will become a steady rain in the afternoon with a high of 59 degrees and a low of 47 degrees. Today's weather word of the day is sundog. A sundog is a colored luminous spot produced by refraction of light through ice crystals. Sundogs are seen as bright spots that appear on either side of the sun. This optical phenomenon is also referred to as parhelion. They are most commonly seen during the winter season. Thank you to weatherology.com for that information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a sunny 57 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For New Center 88, I'm Reagan Clack. Thanks, Reagan. Now Ben Westfall joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Emma. Let's get started with a look at Marshall Athletics. Marshall Track and Field continues Day 2 of the Sunbelt Championships in Birmingham, Alabama today after a successful Day 1 yesterday. Runner Abby Herring notched another achievement in her herd career as she was crowned the Sunbelt Champion in the 5K race with a championship meet time record of 16 minutes and 6.64 seconds. The mile qualifier run was dominated by the herd women as three members qualified for the final taking place today. Kylie Maston, Hannah Weiler, and Hannah Toth all moved to the final race. On the men's side, Ronnie Sanders qualified for the men's mile race yesterday. In the 800-meter race, Kylie Maston and Astori Beckett qualified for the final, along with Kazuma Bowering on the men's side for the 800. All the athletes that qualified yesterday competed in the final today. For today's competition, runner Kylie Maston captured victory in the one-mile race with a time of 4 minutes and 54.80 seconds. On the men's side, Ronnie Sanders had a strong showing, finishing in fifth place with a time of 4 minutes and 12.58 seconds. Tyra Thompson set a new school record in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 8.33 seconds, placing fifth overall. Tomorrow, Marshall men's basketball returns to the Henderson Center for a matchup with James Madison. 
Marshall comes in with a 12 and 15 record and a 7 and 7 conference record in Sunbelt play. The Herd is looking to erase a three-game losing skid, but face a Dukes team that stands at 24 and 3 overall and a 11 3 conference record. The Dukes are currently on a six-game win streak. This will be the second game between Marshall and JMU, as the two last faced on January 20th in Harrisonburg, with the Dukes claiming victory 67 to 52. The game starts at 7 p.m. with FM88 Sports Ben Cower and Jonathan Edwards on the call with pregame starting at 6.30 right here on 88.1 FM WMUL. Also tomorrow, Marshall Women's Basketball continues their road trip with a stop to San Marcos, Texas for their matchup with Texas State. Game starts at 7 p.m. Marshall Women's Basketball remains on top of the Sunbow Conference with a 13-1 conference record, 19-6 overall. A herd win would give them their first 21 season since the 2015-2016 season. On the other side, Texas State enters the contest 13-14 overall, 3-11 in conference play. In other news, former Marshall guard Rochella Scott announced her commitment to conference foe James Madison yesterday. Scott played six games for Marshall this season, averaging 21 points per game. Now let's take a look at the action in college basketball, starting with the men's top 25. There are six games tonight. At 7 p.m., number 5 Tennessee hits the road to face Missouri. And at 8.30, the 15th-ranked Creighton hosts the number one team in the nation, UConn. In the 9 p.m. time slot, number 25 BYU hosts 11th-ranked Baylor. Number 19 San Diego State travels to Utah to take on Utah State. And number 23 Texas Tech hosts TCU in a Big 12 showdown. Finally, at 11 p.m., 18th-ranked St. Mary's welcomes San Francisco to their home court. In the women's basketball top 25, there's only one matchup tonight, and that belongs to the Big 12. Cincinnati welcomes number 23 Oklahoma for a 6 p.m. contest. In the NBA, there are 12 total contests tonight. In the 7 o'clock time slot, the Magic head to Cleveland for a matchup with the Cavaliers. The Pacers and Pistons square off in Indy. The 76ers host the Knicks, and the Nets head to Toronto to take on the Raptors. At 7.30, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks host Kevin Durant and the Suns. There are three games beginning at 8 o'clock. The Celtics look to build on their lead in the Eastern Conference as they head to Chicago to face the Bulls. The Pelicans host the Rockets. And the Thunder look to stay among the top in the Western Conference with a matchup against the Clippers. At 9 p.m., Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets look to defend their home court against the Wizards. And the Utah Jazz face off against the Hornets and Utah. And finally, in the 10 o'clock time slot, we have another Curry versus LeBron matchup as the Warriors host the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings face the San Antonio Spurs. That is your FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I am Ben Westfall. Thanks, Ben. Coming up, a ship carrying 19,000 cattle caused a big stink in South African city of Cape Town. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. So what does WMUL mean by the cutting edge? Well, not this, but this. Marshall University students say it's not easy being Greek. Nope, not this either. But this, oh yeah. And finally, 0% this, but 100% this. Got it! Touchdown! Thundering herd! So the cutting edge means award-winning news, music, and sports. Not, uh, cutting stuff. 88.1 WMU. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. 
Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Oh, hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. This song is being played on a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo is an instrument made by indigenous Australians. WMUL doesn't have any songs with didgeridoos in them. But what we do have is the Tri-State's largest variety of music, from alternative to hip-hop, jazz to blues, and much more. Plus, our selection is constantly being updated with the latest tunes. So, you know, maybe one day we will have a song with a didgeridoo in it. 88.1 WMUL-FM And finally today on News Center 88, What Stinks? Authorities in Cape Town launched an investigation yesterday after a foul stench swept over the South African city. City officials inspected sewage facilities for leaks and an environmental health team was activated before the source of the smell was discovered. It was a ship docked in the harbor carrying 19,000 live cattle from Brazil to Iraq. An official in the mayor's office in charge of water and sanitation wrote on the social media site X, formerly known as Twitter, that investigators had confirmed that the source of the, quote, sewage smell blanketing parts of the city, unquote, was the cattle ship. He wrote that the ship was due to depart soon, likely to the relief of residents who had an unpleasant start to their working week. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Wayland Smith, Reagan Clagg, Ben Westfall, Peyton Sisko, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Emma Johnson, and your thought of the day is little minds are tamed and subdued by misfortune, but great minds rise above them. Washington Irving.